Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Football season. Don't believe me? Turn on your TV tonight. You got the National Football League. Two of what I think are the most more underrated teams in the NFL are going to take on each other in Cincinnati. Who day? The Cincinnati Bengals welcoming in the Baltimore Ravens. That one on the NFL Network later on this evening. Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, each equally maligned at times by their own fan bases and by many other fan bases. 
We'll preview that one for you upcoming. Give our picks as well. As uh, last week, all told, all told, four and two in our National Football League picks. Um, Thursday night football was who? We, we didn't factor in Thursday night football last week. Last week, our Thursday night kickoff game was Falcons-Eagles. And so I believe that one I actually missed on. And I, yeah, I picked the Eagles. Uh, I picked the Eagles. And uh, the Eagles, uh, much the same as the divisional playoff game, came up just short. All right, let's... Uh, Look, when we start to prepare for a weekend, everyone says something about somebody else that they're going to play in usually more glowing terms. That's why the Jalen Ramsey trash talk is made even more prominent and becomes much more headline worthy. Because Jalen Ramsey talking trash is the exception, not the norm. The norm is what we've seen in New England, where... You give uh, respect even when it's not due to the other team's players, the other team's coaching staff, and the other team's quarterback. That doesn't mean that Doug Marone isn't any good as a coach. It doesn't mean that his defense and his overall team isn't good. But when Bill Belichick talks about how good he thinks they are at quarterback, most of us go, like, yeah, that's like a Lou Holtzism. A really good quarterback. I tell you what, this big board is outstanding, right? So you have to take things that are said with a grain of salt or maybe with a whole pallet of salt. In their preparation for the Cleveland Browns, Drew Brees had some glowing praise for number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Take a listen. I think he can be a lot better than me. Man, he's got all the tools. He's more athletic. He probably can run around better. He's got a stronger arm. I'll give Baker Mayfield advice if he asks for it. I'll give Baker Mayfield advice. He's got a stronger arm. I guess the first question would be, how would you know? Right? How would you know until you actually saw it? And the saying stronger arm is one of the untold stories of the National Football League. Drew Brees in a dome. 311 passing yards per game. Drew Brees touchdown to interception ratio in a dome. 2.47 yards. His completion percentage is 69.2%. His QBR is 102.9. His record in a dome is 72 and 48. He's played 120 games in a dome. Played 121 games out of a dome. His touchdown to interception ratio is 1.87, far lower. He passes for 60 yards less a game, 251. His completion percentage is five percentage points lower at 64.7. And his QBR is 10 points, excuse me, 12 points lower at 90.9. He's played 121 or just one more game out of a dome. And his career record, this is San Diego and New Orleans combined, is 65 and 56 out of a dome. Instead of overreacting to him giving praise towards a player he's never been on the same field with, which, of course, is what everybody does in the NFL. It's Drew Brees letting you in on a little secret that's not so much a secret in the NFL. If you can cut out the wind, if you can cut out the weather, you can make an average quarterback into a Hall of Fame quarterback. Then you factor in that Drew Brees is pretty good, but his biggest weakness had been arm strength and size. And he overcame size with the unique way in which he he angles his head and how he looks up before he throws. But if you can overcome those two factors and 
do- the dome effect does, you got a chance to be an all-timer. It's one of the hard things about Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is a Hall of Fame quarterback when he played indoors in St. Louis, in the Super Bowl, and in Arizona. When he played in open air in New York, he was a disaster. Disaster. Even Peyton Manning, his QBR is five uh, is five points lower. His touchdown to interception ratio is far lower. And his record is far inferior. And he played 136 games outdoors. And that's not even factoring in. He played essentially in a uh, arm booster his last five years playing in Denver, which boosts your production because it, it hides your weak arm because of altitude. When people say that the New Orleans Saints are a dome team, some of it is how their defense is built. Some of it is how their offense is built. But most of it is Drew Brees can't play outdoors in comparison to how he plays indoors. And then you circle back around to Baker Mayfield and you start to realize that in the AFC North, there are no domes. Every game you play is going to be played in open air. The furthest south you go is in Baltimore. At least in the AFC East, where you're in terrible weather with Buffalo and the Jets and the Patriots, at least they have Miami on the schedule. You're talking about Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Wind, a factor. Rain, a factor. And teams built with the idea that wind and rain will be a factor. Look around the NFC North. You tell me the diminutive quarterback who's made it. Russell Wilson is the only one who has played in semi-bad weather. And yes, it's rainy in Seattle, but it's not considered to be a windy stadium. And then the other teams in his division now, you used to have St. Louis in the Dome, where his teams would struggle, but in the Dome. You have Arizona in the Dome. You got San Francisco, which is a tough surface to play on, but the weather's never bad. You got two six-foot-ish quarterbacks. One has benefited from playing in a dome greatly. Look at the stats. The other one has huge hands and a huge arm and was statistically really efficient and great at making plays, but was protected by a good running game and by a great defense. I'm not trying to diminish Russell Wilson or diminish Drew Brees. I'm trying to tell you the true story. So I think, on, I think look, the, the story is out there. Everyone is concerned about Baker's arm strength and his athleticism and that arm strength and athleticism playing outdoors in the AFC North. And Drew Brees saying, hey, he could be better than me, doesn't mean he is better than him, doesn't mean he's actually seen him play live, and it also points out that Drew Brees even knows his arm isn't the strongest in the world. It's covered up by the fact that in the NFC South, he plays at home in a dome, he plays in Carolina, in Tampa, and in Atlanta, also in a dome. Dome effect's real. Where you play affects how you play and how efficiently you can play. It's also one of the things that commands the respect of so many, what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been able to do. It's not just that they have great arms and great talent, but they've been able to do it in two of the worst weather spots in the NFL. I I talked to a kicker a couple weeks ago, and he was like, man, if I could just get to a dome. He's an out-of-work kicker. He's like, if I could just get to a dome. Because then it just comes down to can you kick? You don't have any of those bad luck kicks. 
and you get one bad luck kick or two bad luck kicks in a game and suddenly you lose confidence, you start questioning yourself. Quarterbacks are much the same. Dak Prescott, it wasn't terrible weather, but it wasn't great weather in Carolina last week in comparison to playing in the Dome. Playing in a Dome hides many of your warts. Ask Drew Brees. He knows it. He may not be willing to say it, but he says it in so few words. Coming up next. Remember when LeBron James had the world's greatest memory? Remember that? Uh, Sean McVay made him look like a guy who couldn't remember what he had for lunch earlier today. I'll prove that to you upcoming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. Greg Cosell in a little over 10 minutes. He from NFL Films fame. Find out what he has seen on TV from some of these young quarterbacks. Good chance to see Josh Allen started the Buffalo Bills against the L.A. Chargers this upcoming Sunday. That, among the many breakdowns, we'll ask Greg Cosell to give us in just over 10 minutes. Joe Buck will join us. Fox's lead play-by-play announcer, not just for the World Series, but also for the Super Bowl and uh, Thursday Night Football tonight, where you have Baltimore visiting Cincinnati. That's at the top of next hour. R.J. Bell will give you some picks at uh, one twenty, and I will... Uh, didn't I pick the Chargers versus him? Was that was that our argument? Chargers versus the Chiefs? And he was right. I was wrong. I think I owe him dinner. I'm just going to double down on that one this week. Anyway, Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell of the Jets will join us in the third and final hour of the show. The All Ball Podcast, my conversation with Wizards head coach Scott Brooks should drop at any moment. So follow me on Twitter or download it at iTunes, wherever, uh, wherever you download podcasts in addition to this podcast. Terry Bradshaw yesterday and others yesterday on the show. So all those podcasts you can put in your queue, right? Now you say it in your queue, your in the, queue, in the queue, in the queue. Man, we're presumptuous. The queue <laughs> instead of your queue. Use an iPhone or an iPod. Remember when LeBron James said this when he was asked about a possession during the NBA Finals? First possession, we ran him down all the way to two on the shot clock. Marcus Morris missed a jump shot. Followed it up. He got it. They got a dunk. Uh, we came back down. We ran a set for Jordan Crawford. I mean Jordan Clarkson, and he came off and missed it. They rebounded it, and we came back on the defensive end, and we got a stop. They took it out on the sideline. Jason Tatum took the ball out, threw it to Marcus Smart in the short corner. He made a three. We come back down, missed another shot, and then um, Tatum came down and went 94 feet, did a roll step, and made a right-hand layup timeout. There you go. Right, he's in the basic. Oh, my God, he's the smartest human being on earth. Well, Sean McVay was on Chris Sims' podcast, and uh, they had this back and forth. Week 12, Saints at Rams. 429 in the second quarter, second and seven on the Saints' seven. What happens? 
Oh, Josh Reynolds touchdown off schedule play versus a three-man rush. You're absolutely are right. Are you kidding me? You're unbelievable. Like now we are going to go to Sean McVay's time in Washington. Oh, Ooh, no. So we're bringing like it. it back to 2015 week seven. Bucks at Skins. Yep. Second and seven on the Tampa Bay 24. 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. <laughs> Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. Set up the first down and then how did that drive end? Jordan Reed touchdown and a four by one individual ISO slant. And what meme was that game? You like that. <laughs> He's good. He's real good. Huh? It was That's kind of next level stuff. What did I say? Jog my memory what I said at the time. Rhyme music. That there are many other high-level athletes across many different sports and coaches that have that same type of memory recall that LeBron James had in it. Although in the general scheme of everyday people, it is something that is remarkable. When you get to the upper level of professionals, it is absolutely not that uncommon. Correct. That's Wow, that's really good. Actually, your memory is really, really good. I'm not sure if you rolled it back, but that's essentially what I said. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that LeBron James and his his attention to detail and his memory is not outstanding. It is. There's a couple things. One, we also we we don't most people don't actually know what a photographic memory is. Right? They think a photographic memory is what LeBron James displayed. LeBron James may have a photographic memory. But he did not display a photographic memory, as he had had as he had complete recall of the starting sequence of the game. A photographic memory is all of that, and oh yeah, by the way, uh, there was a lady in the third row, row wearing a red shirt holding a Coke cup, and she had on some glasses. The eyeglasses were brown. You know, the sneakers that Jason Tatum had were white with black with red stripes on them. A photographic memory is people have the unique ability to close their eyes and see a photograph, which is a little bit closer to what Sean McVay was able to show because the memories were so far etched and it felt like he was taking you back to the exact play. But even that is not the true photographic memory. It's just a really, really, really good memory. But the the most important takeaway is I know you're blown away by it. I get it. You're like, man, I lost my car keys. Guess what? It's a good chance LeBron James and Sean McVay could also lose their car keys. Just because you have a great memory for sports does not mean you have a great memory for everything. It doesn't. My late father, he can tell you about every kid he ever recruited to play AU basketball, to play college basketball. He's a college basketball coach for 19 years. Every single one could tell you where what Jimmy saw him in. They're amazing. But, I mean, he, he couldn't remember his car keys, his checkbook, um, I've told people many times over that he would go to put gas in the gas tank and then drive off with the nozzle still in the car. Happened three different times. So it it does happen. But high-level thinkers in sports, what I like about it is I think most people have moved off the, as a dumb jock. I think most people believe he's moved off the, he's a dumb jock. For anybody. Black, white, or otherwise. But what I don't like is that we do have a tendency to believe that these are the exceptions. At least in my world, most coaches I know close their eyes and they can tell you about a substitution they made, 
a timeout they called, what play they ran, how the defense played them, and football and baseball and basketball and players are no different. Yes, John Ramos. Maybe it's because they care, like your dad, maybe they care about this much more in their daily life than they do about whether the car keys are sitting on the table or where the wallet was a checkbook. Like, things you care about, you really, really, really remember. Yes. I think. Yeah, some. Uh, anniversary. Anniversary, there you go. That's a good one right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, 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 but I would also say that one reason you don't actually care about your anniversary is what I've told people for a long time. Your wedding day is not one of your top five, what, top ten days. It just shouldn't be. It goes by too fast, right? Is that why, or just not as significant? Goes by too fast. I think it's significant, but I think it's I think it's significant. Um, A day of significance, though, doesn't make it one of your best days. True. Yep. You know, like you graduate high school or college, like that's a significant day, but it's not your best day. Um, you know, I I don't think I even think I I don't think necessarily your first day at work is your best day. You know, your first day at your job, it's maybe the moment you got your job or the first time you collected a real check. You know, I, this is what I did when I was at ESPN. I used to always guy. I was like the, one of the last to go around to the direct deposits because I was still so giddy at having a real job and working for Disney that I wanted to see it. I want to see those mouse ears. I want to see the amount. And even if it paled in comparison to what some of my colleagues made, I didn't care I still got to see that that amount was going into my bank account. I, I, I dug it. I did that for like two or three years. Drove my wife crazy. Why do you still get a paper check? The entire world has moved on. I haven't. I have not. So. But so I like wedding day. I feel like one, it moves too fast Two, it's your wedding itself. Most parts of it, not all of it, but many parts of it are about other people. Or it's about celebrating the relationship that you already have. I think the day that you decide, that moment you know, I'm going to marry this woman, that's a better day. That's just me. The moment that you're like, you know what? I'm going to marry her. Or the moment you ask her to marry you and she says yes, better day than the actual wedding. That's just to me. So I think there's a reason that guys, anniversaries that guys don't really remember. Moments they, they may remember. Like the moment I can tell you, there's a lot of things I've forgotten about my wedding. I can remember the moment I saw her when she was about to walk down the aisle. Like that moment, it's a meaningful moment. Anyway, we got to get into this. I, I got to get into this. I, we're, we're supposed to put it off, but I just, I got to get into this. Mark Wahlberg um, on social media has his typical daily schedule. John Ramos, have you seen this? I have not, but I'm sure it's very grueling. Um, I guess. <laughs> Wake up at 2.30 a.m. That's grueling enough for me right there. Prayer time at 2.45. Breakfast at 3.15. Is he praying for 30 minutes? Long time. Sounds like it. Um, workout from 3.40 to 5.15 a.m. So his first workout is only, let's see if I get this right, 45 minutes. There's no warm-up time, and no, there's a post-workout meal at 5.30. So light breakfast, and then post-workout meal, and then a shower, and then he has golf at 7.30. I'm, I, that has to be a simulator, because golf at 7.30, snack at 8 a.m., cryo chamber at 9.30. So either he's playing <laughs> golf for an hour and a half, and then jetting back to the cryo chamber, 
or the cryo chamber is planted right there at about the 11th hole. Another snack at 1030. Family time meetings, work calls from 11 until he takes lunch at 1. Meetings, work calls. So basically he works, it says, from 11 until 2.30 because at 3 he picks up his kids at school, has a snack at 3.30, a workout number 2 at 4, at, at, uh, four o'clock, shower at 5 o'clock, dinner, family time at 5.30, bedtime at 7.30. Bedtime at 7.30, gets up at 2.30. I call BS. There's no way he has a 15, what did we decide, 15, 12, 9, and 8-year-old, and he's going to bed that early. Kids sports, there's a bunch here. This is one of those, it feels like, it feels like Mark Wahlberg is doing the, I, I actually walk up hills to school in two feet of snow both ways. Like he's inflating that story. Greg Cosell joins us in just moments. First though, let's get you to Steve DeSeger. Find out what else is going on in the world of sports. He's been up since 2.30. What do you guys think? Ha! Hardly. And on the previous conversation, if you really want to remember your anniversary, just get married on your birthday. Diamondbacks are at the Rockies in the top of the second inning. Steve DeSegrin, you're not. <laughs> it, is, it is 1-1 in the battle for first in the NL West. The Rockies won last night on a two-run homer, bottom of the ninth, for their 43rd come-from-behind victory this year. So right now in the NL West, Colorado game and a half up on the Dodgers, who play at St. Louis later. They're three and a half over Arizona. Today's game at Colorado, 1-1 top of the second. Clay Buckle was scratched as a starter, still awaiting word from Arizona as to why each team does have a solo homer, including Nolan Arenado's 34th of the year. It was tracked at 464 feet in Colorado, that one. Washington plays top of the hour, winners of five straight, hosting the Cubs. Cubs lost last night, so they're first in the NL Central, but just one game over the Idle Brewers. I mentioned Dodgers later. They're at St. Louis with Clayton Kershaw on the mound to start a four-game series, and the Cardinals lead the Dodgers by two in the final standings for the NL wild card. so the Dodgers may miss the playoffs altogether. In the NFL tonight, Baltimore is at Cincinnati. The Chargers say defensive end Joey Bosa with his foot injury will probably miss a couple more weeks. Falcons running back Devontae Freeman missed practice again with a sore knee. Tony Gonzalez and Ed Reed are among the first-time nominees for the Hall of Fame. Also linebacker London Fletcher and defensive back Champ Bailey on the list. Three college football games coming up, including Wake Forest hosting Boston College. That start time was moved up a couple hours due to the hurricane it's due to begin at 5 30 p.m eastern and georgia moved its kickoff saturday from a night game to noon eastern due to the weather back to you yeah weather is creeping in on uh you know it's right now it's at the outer banks but it's creeping in on north carolina of course this the the issue with this hurricane is storm surge and it's apparently just going to park itself over the carolinas and dump a, a ridiculous amount of rain. So As I, a team called the Carolina Hurricanes begins training camp. Yeah. No, listen, it's, it's one of those deals where I think we think it's all about what category it is. Oh, it's not a Cat 4, it's a Cat 2. Still a hurricane. That's fine. It, it's more in, for this particular storm. Look at the, most, the, the ones that have caused the most damage. Katrina, that wasn't a Cat 4. It wasn't a Cat 4, Cat 5. Uh, Katrina, obviously, was because the levees broke, but that was because the amount of water and the storm surge, and the same can be said in Houston. Right, let's welcome in Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He does an amazing job teaching us things that only uh, only the true pros can see because they watch and break down the All-22s. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I want to start with Sam Darnold. We saw him on Monday Night Football, and, of course, the whole world fell in love with Sam Darnold and said, 
The Giants made a mistake. The Browns <laughs> made a mistake. I've been saying I NFL people told me he was the best prospect. I saw from my own eyes his leadership capabilities and his ability to make plays down the field, moving and manipulating the pocket at USC. But now that you've seen the film against the Detroit Lions, what does it say about Sam Darnold? Only one start into his career. Well, I guess, Doug, you didn't talk to the Browns NFL people. Because <laughs> I guess True. they didn't think Sam Darnold was the best prospect. Um, you know, it was, it was an interesting game because I thought the Jets, and this is where coaching comes in, and coaching is so important when it comes to quarterbacks. They did such a good job of keeping it basic for him. They did route concepts and design that define the throws within rhythm, uh, screen concepts, quick play action concepts. But what I thought Doug Darnold did really well was I thought he showed patience in the pocket, which young quarterbacks often don't do, particularly ones that can move. He showed patience in the pocket, and he had a very good sense of where his bailout throws were. So if he felt that he was in trouble, he knew where to get rid of the football. And that's really important because that prevents negative plays. Greg Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Having watched that film, how much was Stafford to blame for uh, for those offensive miscues, and there's there's some that say, hey, look, the Jets knew what was coming. They didn't change their hand signals. You know, some of the Jets said, like, look, they didn't change their audibles. Uh, how much of it falls though on Matt Stafford? Well, you know, we don't know what those kinds of things. You know, people can say anything after a game. I think what I thought the Lions were going to try to do, which they did not do in that game, because essentially that game was relatively close most of the way, was they talked all off season about more balance about running the ball, about less uh, dropbacks for Stafford, because as good as Stafford is, and he throws the ball as well as any quarterback in the league, it's very difficult to ask your quarterback with an offensive line that's a little reworked to drop back as many times as he did. And he can have great games, no question. He did not throw the ball well in that game, but that team has zero offensive balance right now, and that's something they clearly have to work toward. Pat Mahomes uh, seemingly lit the world on fire. I mean, I, I think he was helped out by, one, having an incredible play caller, and then the speed that that entire team has, especially Tariq Hill, who dominated that game from kick return to finish. What would you see from Mahomes on film? Yeah, I, I think that you, you hit it right on the head. I think when Andy Reid faces a defense that is relatively predictable. And predictable is not necessarily bad if you execute at a really high level. We saw that for years with the Seahawks. Uh, and, and now it's Gus Bradley from the Seahawks with the Chargers. And the defense is relatively predictable. Andy Reid is so good at designing route concepts and combinations to break that down, which he did well in that game. And that really defines throws for Pat Mahomes. He made a couple of really good throws. He made a couple of reckless throws that worked out for him. And I think that's something we'll have to watch as we go forward. And then they were extremely innovative in the tight red zone, which, of course, added to his numbers and fantasy people are happy. But those were really innovative concepts that I think you'll see more teams use because red zone and this is not profound, Doug, as you know, but unfortunately a lot of teams get in the red zone and don't score touchdowns. I think you'll see more teams with innovative concepts to get in the end zone. Like the Atlanta Falcons? Is that what you're talking about? The, you, you call uh, the Atlanta Falcons by name? I, I don't think I mentioned that, but as long as you did, there was a perfect example because 
for three or four plays in a row, they faced an Eagles zone coverage concept, almost an umbrella zone concept. And when you face something like that, you have to overload it. You have to get two or three players in a route concept in one zone so you put that defender in conflict. They did not do that. They simply ran vertically right at the zone defenders, and then you're just counting on them theoretically winning, but the space is so condensed it's very hard to do that. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I felt like I felt like watching, and again, I don't have the depth of knowledge, nor do I have the ability to watch the All-22 the way that you did. I felt like Deshaun Watson was a little disappointing, mostly with his accuracy. Like I, 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 I felt like I remember him being a little bit more accurate, and even though he's had to rework his body with the second ACL tear, the accuracy should have been better. Am I misremembering who Deshaun Watson is, or was he? Well, has he always been this inaccurate? It's really interesting that you say that because I, I went through about a month ago every one of his dropbacks from a year ago, just kind of refresh my memory, uh, and. His numbers last year, based on my film study, were better than his overall performance. Now, he was very good as a rookie because he was a rookie, so you have to give him a ton of credit for his overall performance. But he's a little bit reckless. He's a little bit undisciplined. He's not quite as accurate as people might remember. And that's something he must work on because at the end of the day, he's not a big-armed kid. He's not a bad thrower, but he must be an anticipatory timing, precise ball placement thrower to be consistent every week. And in this game, he was not. Now, in all fairness, they were working with a totally reworked tackle group on each side, left tackle and right tackle, and it caused some issues in protection, and he was an uncomfortable player throughout the game. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joining us. Dak Prescott seems to have regressed. Now, it should be pointed out, working in a new tight end, should be pointed out they don't have their starting center. Uh, and, of course, though they, they don't have Des Bryant, there's some good, some bad to it. They threw Des Bryant 133 times last year. So there's right. a volume of throws to throw to somebody. And when we went up to their camp, their whole mantra is, hey, ensemble cast, find the mismatch underneath stuff. Uh, this is going to allow kind of our speed to really kind of be our, uh, you know, be our weapon in that we'll, we'll beat you. Strength will be in numbers. One week in, it sure doesn't seem that way. How did it look on film? And, and – you can do that because they faced a Panthers defense that played predominantly zone. So it's not a matter of receivers winning per se. It's a matter of designing route concepts and combinations to beat zone coverage. I don't think the film showed that their coaching staff did a really good job with that in this given game. And I'm sure they're, they're kind of uh, looking at themselves in the mirror and trying to figure that out. Now, having said that, I thought Prescott left some throws on the field when he did not eliminate what wasn't there and isolate what was there quickly enough, and and he needs to be better at that. I think uh, the term we like to use is a calm helmet. He did not play with a calm helmet. His head was moving too much side to side, and that normally is the indication that a quarterback is not seeing things with clarity. Are the Bills that bad or the Ravens that good? Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, off of week one, it's hard to make a definitive judgment. I don't think the Bills have a very talented roster, and I think that games can get away from them just because I don't know if they have the talent to, to hang in if things start to go south. Um, I'm anxious to see the Ravens go forward with their passing game. Um, this particular week, I think they threw the ball 30-plus times in the first half alone, and they did a really good job with play action, and they've certainly increased their, their receiver demand 
dimensions with the players they signed in the offseason. So they have theoretically what you would like to have at the receiver position. So I'm very anxious to see them going forward. I'm also interested to see Josh Allen against the Chargers. Um, look, he, he might be bad against the Chargers, but he couldn't be any worse than Peterman was either this last week or last year against the Chargers. But he, he seemed to, when he got an opportunity, he seemed to make some throws that Nathan Peterman could make. Like, I know the idea is to sit him, but I do think he's the better option than Nathan Peterman, is he not? Well, the idea always seems to be to sit guys, as we found out with Dave Caldwell on the Jaguars a number of years ago, and he insisted on draft night that Blake Bortles would not see the field as a rookie, and week three he was the starter. So I, same with Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago last year with Mike Glennon. So, you know, those things always happen, and then when a team doesn't do well, it changes immediately. I would expect Josh Allen to be extremely erratic, scattershot at times, make some great plays, but not be a consistent player and and the the issue for him is they might not have enough team to overcome his inconsistency and erratic nature and it might make him look worse than he really is you you mentioned Trubisky I thought he looked special looked really really good when they were on schedule scripted plays at the start of the game that that Nagy had I felt like when the script ran out uh that's when the clock struck struck midnight and and he he looked like a guy that wasn't accurate and that was more of an athlete playing quarterback. Was I missing something? Am I, am I well, missing something? I think that with Matt Nagy there and with Mark Helfrich from the Chip Kelly School, that they will have a very schemed offense, Doug. And I think that when they can execute that, in some ways it's like Andy Reid. That's where Matt Nagy uh, comes from. It's just like with Alex Smith. Alex Smith has games where it's he, he was phenomenal because the plays that Andy Reid dialed up broke down the coverage. And then there are other games where, for whatever reason, it didn't, and Alex Smith did not look quite as good. I think Trubisky will be in a similar situation when they can dial it up and it's there uh, he'll look really good now theoretically any quarterback should but I think Trubisky particularly at this point in his career that's the way he will be great stuff as always Greg I love your work on the on NFL films and of course uh, listening to you on with Colin Cowherd can't tell you how much I appreciate you stop by and joining us on my show all right, Doug, appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Pleasure's mine. Greg Cosell, NFL Films, as good as anybody who does it or has done it in the business at breaking it down and making it edible for those of us who can't consume all that he consumes on a weekly basis. Guess who isn't ready to call Sam Darnold a franchise quarterback? It might surprise you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. How much did Shannon Sharp say he plays for a haircut? Two fifty a week or three fifty a week? Two fifty a week? Really? It seems over. It seems excessive. Excessive to anybody else? Uh, we'll find out what everybody in the show pays for a haircut. Um, different levels of uh, foliage falling from uh, from different levels of hair. Let's get to a game, though, first. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Steve DeSager, how much do you pay for a haircut? I, 250 is what he said? Yeah. 250. A week. Okay, that's a person with just too much money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, $13 yeah. is the answer. It's cheap as it gets. $13 is good. You know what the difference in a good haircut and a bad haircut is? Not much. Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. 
What do you got? John, game? Guess who? Guess who? I will give you an item, and obviously you will guess who we're talking about. Uh Item number one from the NFL. Guess who isn't ready to declare Sam Darnold a true franchise quarterback for another 100 games, maybe? Skip Bayless. (laughs) Uh, Maybe somebody in-house is what we're looking for. Ah, Todd Bowles. Yeah. Yes, it is the head coach of the Jets. He said, we won one game. One game. Comments? It's only been one game to sit here and say whether he's great or whether he's trash or whether anything else is kind of way too early for that. He's played one game. He's got a lot of years to go, and he'll build it as he goes. I can tell you, he said, after about 100 more of them, whether we have a franchise quarterback. Right now, a little early. I think that's really, really smart. It's, It's smart, smart stuff. Try and take some of the pressure off of Sam Darnold. And also realistic. Yes. Item two, guess who is still pretty sore after playing his first NFL regular season game since last October? Somebody on offense. Uh, Carson Wentz. No. Odell Beckham Jr. we're talking about, still feeling pretty sore. He had broken his ankle last year. He said there were a lot of things that I went and looked at and stuff I felt like I could have done better Sunday. Little chances we had in the game that could have been a difference. They Smart. lost a close and, one. And, and the fact that he's that he is, is sore is... Reasonable. Most guys, when you haven't played a real football game, you are going to be really, really, really sore. Melvin Ingram was sore. Uh-huh. Week one, Chargers, and he was playing all last year. Mm-hmm. And the, item three, guess who is a veteran starting quarterback in the NFL and thinks they are better now than at any point in their career? Started last Sunday. He feels like he's better now than ever? Yes, veteran. Tom Brady. No. Bearded Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then any point in his career, he says, a lot of that is mental and whatever else, but there's a lot of different throws, things that are ingrained in you with muscle memory. It truly, quote, I feel like the older I've gotten, the better I've become. He strongly considered retirement after a disappointing season with the Jets a couple years ago. Yeah, no, he was, well, remember, he held out, and then he showed up late, and then he was terrible and overpaid, and then he's, you know, he's back to being a backup. I, I, I think some of it is they got a lot of weaponry there, and Dirk Cutter's a good play caller, and they played indoors. Old guys playing indoors. We started the hour talking about indoors. Hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's always struggled to throw the ball downfield, all of a sudden starts throwing the ball deep downfield. Huh. And he's doing it in New Orleans. What does that tell you? Item four, guess who wants Amari Cooper to get more targets? Who in-house, not just Raider fans? Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, John Gruden. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, the comment. had more time of possession, uh, perhaps we would have seen more Cooper. But uh, you look at the film, we had him open wide open deep. We didn't go there. Uh, he was open a couple times, and uh, for whatever reason, we didn't go that route. But, yeah, we want to get him going, and that's easier said than done now. So a shot at his quarterback yesterday. One reception for Cooper on three targets, nine yards receiving Monday night. I don't think he was happy, nor should he be happy with Derek Carr. Derek Carr had happy feet, got rid of the ball quickly, pressure in his face. He didn't step up into it. Um, th- look, there's one of the reasons that they struggled so mightily, so mightily last year was there was a break in that locker room between guys that thought he was tough and guys that or guys that didn't think he was tough and guys that thought he was good enough and the guys that didn't think he was tough enough uh I think watching that film they have even more even more kind of uh energy to their fire he, he's going to have to play better Jacksonville against New England this weekend guess who is quote preparing like it is any other week ahead of his matchup with Jalen Ramsey Tom Brady 
Nope. Rob, was, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, it was Jalen yeah. Ramsey who said in that interview last month, I don't think Gronk is as great as people think he is. Anytime Gronk has been matched up with a corner, he's had a very bad game, and that corner has had a very good game, end quote. Except statistically, that's not actually true. It's Jalen Ramsey. Just Look, Jalen Ramsey is the same guy that says, you know, uh, what was it, in a week or in a month, he could be an all-star in the NHL. Like, dude, you couldn't even learn how to skate in a month. So... That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Well, I've stopped. Th- I've stopped paying any attention to what Jalen Ramsey says. He's a good player, but he's clearly just trying to draw attention to himself, and I will not take that bait. I don't. Hockey's not a sport that we cover, but I do have enough respect for it. To understand those guys are freaks. They're awesome. They're super talented at what they do, and anyone who says something that stupid should not be taken seriously on other matters. The way I look at it. Joe Buck joins the show next. He called the Cowboys versus the Panthers. How bad's that Cowboys offense? Find out on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, California. Tonight, we got Thursday Night Football. And it's weird because... Technically, last week we had Thursday Night Football, but it was not part of the Thursday Night Football franchise. You got it? It's very, very important. It was Sunday Night Football on Thursday night. Tonight is Thursday Night Football on Thursday night, only it's on the NFL Network. And it's a really important game of two teams that I would deem to be underrated. Underrated nationally. Like, when you say Joe Flacco, people are like, oh, Joe Flacco. Uh, But... He's been great in the playoffs. He's won a Super Bowl, and his team should have been in the playoffs last year, and they they dominated the lowly Bills last week. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals, who had been a team that had consistently made the playoffs. They suffered through a couple of injury-riddled seasons. Marvin Lewis survives a coup, and they go out and beat Indy on the road. Don't know how good Indy is. Don't know how good the Bengals are, but it appears they got some serious dudes at skill positions if their offensive line can help. So, a lot to it. And oh yeah, by the way, last year when the Bengals beat the Ravens, it dumped the Ravens from the playoffs. So we got that to get to. I want to get to the Dallas Cowboys, who looked awful offensively against the Carolina Panthers, with our next guest. This week and next week's Thursday Night Football games are exclusively on the NFL Network. Week four is Vikings-Rams. That'll be at the Coliseum. It'll be the first Thursday night football game on Big Fox. And, of course, the voice you will hear for all of these games and all the important games, uh, the lead games on Sunday, is Joe Buck. He's kind enough to join us here on Fox Sports Radio. Joe, how are you? I'm good, Doc. How are you? Good, man. Um, dude, this is, a, this is a lot. Not only do you do the Sunday, you do the Thursday. Now you get the Sunday. You got uh, Major League Baseball's playoffs and World Series upcoming. Most importantly, how are the pipes? The pipes are good. Uh, they are. I, I I have done a good job of making sure that when I'm around my wife and my uh, four month old twins, I just don't talk. The twin thing, you know, I have tw- twins that are twelve. And um, well, it's well, uh, I have daughters that are twenty two and nineteen, and now I have two boys that are zero. So uh, it's going to be an interesting life the rest of the way. Any truth to their names are Troy and Aikman? No, no truth to that. No truth. They are uh, Tim and McCarver. <laughs> Joe Buck joining us. Were, the, were is Carolina's defense 
that good or were the Cowboys that bad offensively? I think probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, not to, you know, not make a definitive statement here right off the top, but I, I think when you don't have Travis Frederick, and I said it a couple times in the game, I think that's one of the biggest injuries in the league. It certainly is for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the all-pro center, and then you have a rookie at left guard, and you're going against Carolina in week one, and you don't play anybody during the preseason schedule, uh, they got smacked. And, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen going forward with all these teams, but there are a few that started the season looking like they had never played together, and for some of them that was uh, at least the case since, going back to the end of last year. They didn't look good. They didn't block anybody. Troy talked about them being uh, not creative offensively. It's hard to be creative when you can't, you know, get any time in the backfield. They couldn't even get Elliott going. So, to me, it's around the offensive line. And if the offensive line uh, can figure things out, great. Uh, if, if not, then uh, they're going to struggle like they did on Sunday. None of it? You put none of it on Dak? Well, I, I, there were a couple throws that Dak missed. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, again, I mean, I, I think he's a young guy. I'm, I'm not making excuses for him because he admitted after the game. We talked about it during it. He said after the game that he was off. He didn't know why. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would uh, – I'm going to give him a pass a little bit and say getting back to game speed was uh, something he wasn't ready to do after that preseason, and the offensive line stunk. But, yeah, he's got to be better, no doubt about it. But uh, I, I think it's the offensive line. Joe Buck joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I want to get to tonight's game, Thursday Night Football, on the NFL Network, Joe and Troy on the on the call. Um, but I want to ask you about, about Aaron Rodgers. He gets hurt in the first half. They look awful. They're down 20 to nothing, and, and he comes out of the tunnel – uh, almost like a Willis Reed type of moment. You've been doing this a while. What, what's give me if you could just refresh your own memory? What's the most remarkable quarterback performance that you've seen? Because the Favre, the Favre when his dad died, that was Monday Night Football. That was, I think, that was Al Michaels. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we no, yeah, you're right. It was it was Monday Night or Sunday Night. It was definitely Al. I think it was Al and Matt. Yeah, it was, sure. it was Alan Madden on Monday Night Football. What's the what's the one? It doesn't it doesn't even have to be a big name, but the one to which you remember, and you're like, wow, that was the most remarkable one that I've been able to see and call in person. Mm, call, I don't know. I would probably go back to my childhood and either Neil Lomax or Jim Hart getting up off the carpet and guiding the St. Louis Gridbirds to uh, a near win against the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins back in the day. I, I don't know. I, I don't. It's hard to really put into perspective or start comparing comebacks and uh, efforts in one era compared to another. Uh, I, I did. You mentioned Brett Favre. I did a game that, that he played in that was incredible against the Atlanta Falcons at Milwaukee County Stadium, the last game they played there as the home team. He used to have, I don't know, one or two games yep. in Milwaukee every year, and, and he came back and made a diving touchdown uh, with basically it was basically like the clock expiring, and, and he scores a touchdown. It was Sterling Sharp's last game in the NFL. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there have been terrific games over the years and, and comebacks, but that was pretty spectacular to see him hopping around on one leg, uh, avoiding what was a pass rush that was just – 
in his face and dominant, at least to the first half, and to will his team to victory. I mean, he is just that good, and that quick release uh, allowed him to get rid of the ball quicker than other guys would have been able to with a bad leg. I just don't know. I know he's got a sprain in there. I, from what I'm told, sprain means at least a minimal tear, so we'll we'll see what happens this week. Uh, he will be tested, certainly this week, against the Vikings. You mentioned Neil Lomax. Was Roy Green, was that the name of the wide receiver? was the wide receiver that had the yeah. one-bar fame? It was Roy Green, right? Roy, well, there was Pat Tilly, yeah. was the little guy, and then Roy Green was one of the greatest athletes to ever play in St. Louis. He was a, he started both ways, corner and wide receiver for a while, and then just went wide receiver, but he was fantastic that nobody ever heard of outside of St. Louis. Listen, I grew up in Southern California, and what I, what I here's what I remembered. When you'd watch games uh, from Old Bush Stadium was a couple of things. Roy Green, Neil Lomax, and whether it was baseball, summer baseball, or early fall football, they'd always do the temperature, and then they would do the field temperature, and the field temperature would be like 30 degrees hotter than the actual temperature. And they would they would show the AstroTurf, and it would have, you know, it's like almost like wavy lines. It was so hot, you couldn't actually see, you couldn't you could actually see the air with the wavy lines. It was so hot down there. It was ridiculous. I, I remember being at a game when Willie McGee's, the plastic around his spikes out in center field melted into the turf. It was that hot. And, uh, yeah, and, and to think that those guys, you know, I'm really close and good friends with Dan Deardorff, who is a Hall of Fame uh, tackle, and those guys were playing on basically a, a thin piece of carpet on top of concrete. And, you know, when you, there, there is no mystery as to why these guys limp around the rest of their lives. Uh, and, and that turf was just brutal uh, during the middle to end part of baseball and the beginning of the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, um, old-time announcers, old-time broadcasters, like, you should have seen the monitors we had to use. Like, yeah, but that's – you're not limping. Right. You don't have all – it's not like, not like old-time football players. Joe Buck joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Getting ready for Ravens taking on the Bengals. One of the things that people should know – about you and Troy is you get to sit down with the quarterbacks, you get to sit down with the coaches in prep for it. When you sit down with Flacco, what, what's how is he handling so many people questioning him? Like his credentials are really, really good, and yet he went through an entire offseason where there were questions about him and how his ability to lead the offense, and then they draft Lamar Jackson and people who haven't ever seen Lamar Jackson play. And even when Lamar Jackson plays poorly in the preseason, they're calling for him to play more. What's what's he like in terms of kind of attitude, persona, and how he's feeling heading into tonight's game? I mean, he he's about as low key as they come. Uh, you know, I was I was friends with Mark Bolger, another former St. Louis quarterback who was his backup for a while, uh, and he told me that Flacco was low key, and Bolger was the most low key guy I had ever been around. I mean, in 2013, Flacco signed what was then the richest deal in history and went to McDonald's and got a 10 piece McNugget meal. I mean, that's, that's just Joe Flacco. He doesn't, I don't think he buys into any of that. I don't think he cares. These are two quarterbacks that aren't uh, totally loved by their home fan base. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think either guy is affected by that. I think Flacco's finally healthy. He looked great in week one on a wet day. Uh, at home against the Bills, and like you said in the intro, who knows if the Bills, you know, defensively are are going to be anything? But it's still an NFL team, and he made it look easy to the point where Lamar Jackson took over at quarterback for the majority of the second half. So I, I think he's going to have a good year. I think they've done a good job of getting more weapons on the outside. 
Um, their offensive line is certainly better than Cincinnati's going into this game, and uh, that's where the game's going to be won and lost. If Cincinnati here at home can keep this Baltimore Ravens defense out of uh, Andy Dalton's face, then they've got a shot. If they can't, and the right side of their offensive line is uh, is sketchy, let's say, uh, then I think Dalton's going to have a rough day and, and the Ravens should walk out of here 2-0. and Alright, most important thing, uh, you and Troy, now you guys aren't, aren't doing every one of these NFL Network Thursday night games. Well, I, I know that. But because there are more games, that's more time hanging around each other. And we know how when guys spend too much time around each other, even best friends, there can be scuffles, there can be tips. Oh, yeah. we, we saw, hey, we saw what happened in Detroit with the Tigers announcers. How are you handling the more time around <laughs> Troy? Well, first of all, I can see how that happens in baseball when you're every day in a cramped booth watching a bad team like they're watching. Um, I I don't know uh, if Troy and I are ever going to come to blows, but if we do, bet on Troy. <laughs> Because he's in better shape now than he was when he played. Yeah, how is that possible? Uh, and and I, I I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. I just I went down to the gym like about an hour ago, and yeah. he was running on the treadmill. And I went in, I looked at him doing that, and I just turned around and left. <laughs> he's got he now he's not doing the. I don't know. You saw Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg put out his daily schedule where he, he gets yeah, up at two thirty. That's no way. Nobody gets up. Nobody. He has four kids. Nobody with four kids goes to bed at seven thirty and gets up at two thirty in the morning. That's it's impossible. I'm, I mean, it's literally impossible. And I've I've met him a few times. Could not be a nicer guy. And is a really. I've seen him around his kids. Great dad. But I'm I'm throwing a lot of question marks around the two uh, thirty wake up call in the morning and the prayer and the workout and the golf and the cryotherapy and everything else. Have you ever golfed in two hours? Most important question. No, I mean, that tells me that he's just doing it alone. Um, I, I would rather enjoy it. I, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I milk around a golf for about six, seven hours. <laughs> Maybe he has the cryo chamber on the course. You ever think about like you get to the turn, he hits the cryo chamber and then goes out and plays nine more. In the cart, just gets in, gets freezing, hops out, hits his ball, gets back in, and rides to wherever it landed. Uh, well, listen, congrats on the Twins. Uh, best of luck Thank tonight, you. and thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to talking to you. Hopefully, we get ready for the playoffs in baseball. really appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, anytime. All right. sure, Doug, no problem. Joe, Joe Buck joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, prepping for Thursday night football on the NFL Network tonight. That is Bengals taking on the Ravens. Two teams I think are pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. And you, you kind of go around, you're like, no, I don't think so. Then like, okay, if you don't like them, tell me who you do like. Remember, exclusively NFL Network tonight. RJ Bell from pregame.com joins the show upcoming next. He's going to take a victory lap after beating me head-to-head Chargers versus Chiefs. But I'll get you ready to cash in uh, and uh, make some make some money this upcoming week. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
every Friday night and every Saturday night, we got a, a show on Fox Sports Radio hosted by our next guest. It's R.J. Bell, founder of Pregame.com. It's when he takes you Wait to Vegas. Wait till I give my money right. Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! R.J. Bell. He's smart. I'm stupid. He's tall. I'm short. He's attractive. I'm not so good looking. He told you the Kansas City Chiefs. I I said the over. Uh, the over. I did have the over, but I also had the Chargers, and they dropped four touchdown passes and couldn't stop Tyreek Hill. Uh, RJ, I do owe you. You are you, you are in fact the winner of our first head to head. And we're gonna keep a tally throughout the year. But listen now, I was very impressed. Right, I had a few techniques to bring it up later in the segment. If you try to ignore it, you brought it up straight up. But then you went over the top with the compliments, but then you slipped in there, dropped four touchdown passes. So if the game were replayed this week, Chargers three and a half at home against the Chiefs. I'd take them again. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. The, the, one, the, one difference is, um, the one difference is you look at how Andy Reid's team start. I mean, even last year they embarrassed the, the New England Patriots, you know, start last year. They're out of the gate and off of bye weeks. They they do things that it takes the league a while to catch up to, and the league does always catch up to his teams in the playoffs. But uh, but yeah, I mean that that would be the only part of it because I still think that the Chargers, you know, they muffed a punt, missed an extra, missed a field goal. But, but it's what the Chargers do, and, and and there's a powerful concept with this, Doug. And I'd like to get your thoughts. Is if you actually look at the Chargers' salary cap and their allotment of salary to players, they have a lot of 1B guys, meaning they're not those gigantic names with the monster $20 million a year contracts, but they're the guys making 8 or 9 a year that you wouldn't necessarily expect to make 8 or 9 a year. And because they have 5 or 6 extra of those guys, and they have a bunch of rookies like any team does, the Chargers are hollow in the middle, as in the guys typically they could have maybe 10 more guys making a million extra a year. Instead, they're overpaying just one one B guy. And because of that, I think this team is very thin in the middle, which leads to bad special teams and all the kind of things that feel like luck you're talking about. I think the Chargers, by design, struggle in those situations. Obviously, they don't want to struggle, but they've chosen other advantages in exchange for the risk of struggling in such situations. I, I, I don't really. I, I would just, I mean, like, look, you want to go to special teams and, you know, they went out and got a kicker who they, you know, they, they paid money for a kicker, right? So, I mean, um, and that's that's really what the, why the decision was made to go out and get it, you know, to to change kickers last year because of the issues they had in the kicking game. Um, they went, they paid Caleb Sturgis money to go to go get him. Um, I I don't I yes, did they did JJ Jones was he an undrafted free agent rookie who shouldn't have returned two kicks out of the end zone and then and then butchered a a punt? Yeah, but I don't think that's. I think he earned the job in the preseason. I think they run into the same issue that a lot of teams run into. Do we take the better player or do we take the guy who's the veteran because at least we know what the veteran's going to do in a real game as opposed to the younger guy who may have more juice in his legs, but he's never done it in an NFL game. 
But sometimes you can't afford the veteran because you've paid someone else too much money. I don't know. I mean, look, they're, look at running back, they're good with Gordon. Eckler is as good a second running back as anybody in the NFL. He could be a starter elsewhere. Their wide receivers are good. They just had chosen not to start Mike Williams because he barely played last year. I mean, that, I, I, feared of, I don't think they lost because of that. Uh, well, not having Joey Bosa, not having Hunter Henry, two pro bowlers and maybe all pros, I think that hurts you as well as some of their, their, their drop touchdown passes. Now, listen, any thinking person, and, and I've told you this more than a few times, I think you're one of the smartest guys on talk radio. When I often listen to talk radio, the analysis is like, oh, my gosh, they're missing that. They're missing that. And it's not about learned knowledge, but rather just logic. Your logic is often, in my opinion, and obviously just my opinion, excellent. So obviously I'm guessing you like analytics to some degree, but understanding you're not Barkley, let's say, and you I, I think like, they have I think they have a place. I don't where think do you fall go- on the spectrum? Um somewhere in the middle. I lean more towards sports IQ than I do towards analytics, but I definitely think they they have a place. I mean, like, look, they drafted Melvin Gordon strictly on analytics. That was the analytics department saying he was the best back. You got to take him. And I don't think Melvin Gordon is as good as where they drafted him. But I think he's a damn good running back. The reason I ask is this. I believe, and just like in the financial sector, and my background is in finance, at least my education, is every model creator always wants to feel like they've cracked the code, that they're representing reality in their model. And what happens is every couple of years, there's a catastrophe, some possibility they didn't contemplate, and lo and behold, they say, well, in hindsight, that model really wasn't that good. And I think math guys in the sports world are oftentimes not near as good as the financial world. Because let's be honest, if you could work on Wall Street as the elite analytics guy or for the Dallas Cowboys or Team XYZ, you're going to make about 20x on Wall Street. Not that money's the only thing that matters to some people, but we know it's a driver of decisions for many. So you've got B-level analytics guys, at least compared to the highest level on Wall Street and the hard sciences, and they all want to feel like they've got the whole world figured out. And I think they do have 92% or maybe 96% of the world figured out, but they don't have it all figured out. And sometimes there's teams like the Chargers that year after year, the numbers look great, but the win-loss record doesn't. That could be a coincidence. But boy, with them especially, it looks like there's something on that team about them the numbers can't quantify why they don't win so many games. Hard to learn how to win, especially when you've lost, especially early in the season for so long. RJ Bell joining us straight out of Vegas. He's the radio show Friday nights and Saturday nights starting at 11 p.m. Pacific time, Friday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday nights. Uh, Let's get to the Colts who lose at home last week to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals were one of my picks of the week. Uh, Now they go on the road to take on the Redskins who look dominant over the Arizona Cardinals. What say you about the Colts being six-point dogs in D.C.? Yeah, and feel free to disagree. We'll keep our tally throughout the year. One of my better bets of the week, Colts plus six. I actually had Cincy two last week right here with you, and my handicap was driven by, I thought there was a real chance Andrew Luck was less than 100%. He was not throwing downfield during the preseason. After watching the game Sunday, I feel like Andrew Luck's near 100%, if not 100%. Now, the fact is, the Colts should have won. Maybe, you know, it was a close game. Let's say it was a coin flip. 
against the Bengals. Redskins look dominant. But now this line went from three. If you were to bet this game last week, Redskins were favored by three. Now the Redskins are favored by six. So there's been a three-point adjustment based upon one game by each team. Overreaction Monday, remember that? Earlier in the week, we've all been talking about it. The line is overreacting to how good Washington looked. Value on the Colts plus six with a healthy Andrew Luck. The Dolphins uh, take on the Jets. This is this used to be in at, during our childhood. This was one of the must-watch games of every season, right? Remember, it was Ken O'Brien that would lead the Jets, and they would always put up numbers against the Dolphins. The Dolphins win the NFL's first ever seven-hour game. They're taking <laughs> on the Jets, who are on a short week, coming off Monday Night Football. But everybody's going crazy about Sam Darnold. Dolphins as dogs t- to take on the Jets. Who do you like? Uh, honestly, our friend Colin, I think, is helping us get a good bet on Miami. His love of Sam Darnold is, I don't know if it's 10% of the market at this point, but a lot of love there. And the performance looked mighty good. Now, listen, Detroit uh, gave away a lot of points. So the scoreboard was a little deceiving, but let's give Darnold credit, obviously, after that first interception for playing mighty good for such a young quarterback. All that said, another example of overreaction. And that's the theme this week, Doug. Jets were pick them. On Sunday, you could have bet this game. Jets were pick them. Now they're three. Well, by the way, the Dolphins won two. So you got two teams at one, and now all of a sudden it's a three-point adjustment. I also think Cutler was fine on the field last year, obviously below average. But intangibles, I thought, were a big question mark. Leadership. Now you've got back Tannehill, about the same on the field, I'd say. But I think leadership-wise, much, much better. I'm sort of high on the Dolphins relative to market expectations. So it's a combination of an overreaction on the Jets and me liking the Dolphins. Best bet of the week, or one of them, Dolphins plus three. Card- talk about overreaction. The Cardinals get stomped at home. They go to take on the Rams, who, again, short week, but they in the second half they blow out the Raiders up in Oakland. The Rams are 13-point favorites in their home opener against the Arizona Cardinals. That seems like a big number. What percentage of sports batters do you think win in a given calendar year, Doug? What percentage? Yeah. Of sports batters? Yes. Less than 50%. Well, sport, the estimate, and we don't know for sure, but the estimate is 3% of sports batters win. 97% lose. Overall, overall for the year. Uh, overall, yeah, yes. that, yeah, that's the old. There's a reason they keep building those big, build a beautiful building. Exactly. Right. Now, who? This is a game that right now, and up at the website, we actually have bet splits on every game. How many tickets on this game, and how many, how much cash on this game on Team A and Team B? Right now, 89% of the tickets are on the Rams. 92% of the cash is on the Rams. The guys with the fanny packs and the bellies down on Fremont Street, they're betting the Rams. And I tell you, whenever you're not sure which way to go, think about which is the easier bet. Betting the Rams is mighty easy here. Betting Arizona is tough. Well, when it's tough, there's probably value. I like Arizona plus 13. Uh, just because of the fanny packs, right? That's- uh, it, it's, it's part of it, not the only reason. The Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Bears. The Bears look like world beaters in the first half, and they have a dynamic pass rush. Sunday night football. But then, of course, uh, they come massively back down to earth when they get Aaron Rodgers up in uh, up in Green Bay. The Seahawks have to go on the road to Denver, and they lose a close one. Offensive line still has issues. Uh, Doug Baldwin still hurt. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Bears. What do you like? 
I tell you, this is the same theory of overreaction, but with one extra benefit, the team didn't even win. But the Bears are getting a lot of love, a lot of, oh, they got Mac. What a trade. Maybe so. Maybe so. And he looked mighty good in the first half especially. But you know what we saw? It's what we predicted right on this show last week was that Nagy would come out with some schemes that wasn't obvious because it was his first time coaching as a head coach and the Bears would benefit greatly early from the schematic edge And we even heard the announcers say, boy, it doesn't look like Green Bay knows what the Bears are doing. But then once that script was over, that offense is pretty pedestrian. And then you've got to ask yourself about the Bears. Not only that offense is a question, but what's the emotional state of the team? As casual fans of the Bears, we might look and say, oh, it's an encouraging sign. But for the players, the way that game went... Who knows if there's a hangover, if they're going to be flat off of having that victory ripped from their limb or from their hands. Think about it. If you would have bet on Green Bay at their low point in that game, you would have got 12 to 1 odds. So the Bears were over 90% to win that game. They lost. So now we get the double benefit of questionable motivation for the Bears because they might be a little flat or disappointed. And because they looked mighty good, even though they lost, the line's gone up to three and a half. Seahawks plus three and a half Monday night. All right. Uh, the, the Cowboys taking on the Giants. That number is 43 and a half. For the total, yes. For, for, for the total. The, the Cowboys offense looked inept. And now they're returning back home. Traditionally, they're not great early season at home. Uh, I know they beat the Giants twice last year, but the Giants had all kinds of injury issues last year. What's your sense over and under, over or under uh, that, with that number at 43 and a half? Yeah, and every week uh, when we really love a total, we're going to share it because we know we got a lot of listeners that actually will bet these things under in this game. 43 and a half, I like a good bit. I mean, Gi- the Giants and the Cowboys are one-dimensional, quite frankly, on offense. Quite frankly, neither team can throw the ball. And I know there's Eli fans out there, but boy, we saw it again in week one, not looking so good. On the other hand, especially when Sean Lee's healthy, Dallas's D isn't as bad as it was a couple years ago. They were historically bad. Now that D isn't as bad for Dallas. And the Giants D certainly looked good last week and I think has improved. So the idea at 43 and a half of going under, I think everything fits. And that's a bet the, the pros are making under total points, 43 and a half, Dallas Giants. All right. Um, the only one I'm going to disagree with you with is the Skins taking on the Colts. I just, there's nothing about the Colts that overwhelms me that shows me they're going to be able to beat the Skins. And I think uh, Alex Smith is a really good regular season quarterback. I know six is a big is a big number, uh, and and Adrian Peterson is his ability to bounce back the second week is where we really find out just how old those legs actually are. That one would jump out at me, and frankly, the Bears would jump out at me. Not because I think the Bears or Mitchell Trubisky's any good, but I still don't see how Seattle's going to block anybody. And without Doug Baldwin, I don't know how they score any points. Well, here's my suggestion. I think we pick one disagreement a week and just tally it up. So which one of the if you had to bet. With your own money, the Skins or the Bears, who would you bet? I'm going to bet the Skins. All right, so that's it. Now, let me ask you. Now, if it gets to be like I'm up 4-0, no. are you going to just give up or you commit to the whole year? No, I'll give it commit to the whole year. I might also press things as well, too. I mean, we can, 
<laughs> well, listen, if it gets like 9-0, we'll get a ton of publicity out we, of it. We, 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 definitely, we <laughs> definitely will. We definitely will. RJ Bell, go to pregame.com. Follow him on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. Oh, by the way, did I see that Aaron Rodgers worth 10 points? Aaron Rodgers, most valuable player in the history of the NFL. 10 points. No player's ever been worth that much. It's not that he's, he's the best player of all time. It's that he's the best quarterback today. And quarterback is more important as a position today than it's ever been. 10 points. So when I look at the line, and they're, I think, one-point favorites as of now, that's Vegas assuming he's going to play? Yes. Uh, play, but it'd be hobbled. If he were, or at least less than 100%. If he were 100%, this line would be closer to Packers minus two and a half. You're seeing it now one and a half. And if he doesn't play, you're going to be looking at Minnesota being a touchdown or more favored in Green Bay. Still kind of like, uh, still kind of like the uh, the Vikings in that one. I just think they have so much more talent, especially in the defense. Side. I worry about that center though. When the center comes back ha- healthy, I think it's a big thing for Minnesota. Great stuff as always. RJ Bell at RJ in Vegas. Pregame.com is the website. That's where we get all our numbers. You should too. Thanks so much, RJ. Thank you, Doug. Is John Gruden really a quarterback guru? Colin Cowherd is not convinced. Give you my thoughts next. Oh, but oh, wait! First, we got to get to Steve DeSager. I forgot we just we called jam, we jammed <laughs> through Standing Steve DeSager. Standing by. <laughs> Ton of football Steve? to get yeah. to. We got a game tonight: Baltimore at Cincinnati. The Chargers say defensive end Joey Bosa with his foot injury will probably miss a couple more weeks. Falcons running back Devontae Freeman missed practice again with his sore knee. Steelers quarterback Josh Dobbs took the first team snaps at practice today. Ben Roethlisberger is missing practice with a bruised elbow. Packers QB Aaron Rodgers did not practice with the team again today. He's still listed as day today with the sprained knee. Packers wideout Devontae Adams was limited in practice with a bad shoulder. Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota was limited in practice with his elbow injury. Tennessee offensive tacker, tackle Taylor Luan still at home in concussion protocol. Jacksonville running back Leonard Fournette did not practice again. Minor hamstring strain. He says he's a game time decision for Sunday against New England, but he likes his chances to play. Patriots running back Rex Burkhead was limited in practice after a concussion. To baseball, bottom of the fifth in Colorado, Rock Rockies lead 5-1 over the Diamondbacks, a chance to go up four and a half games over third place Arizona in the NL West. Second place LA has Clayton Kershaw on the mound tonight at St. Louis. Mets are in the first of a doubleheader at home against the Marlins. It's 2-2 top of the seventh because starting pitcher Steven Matz hit a two-run homer for New York. Third baseman David Wright will start one last game for the Mets on September 29th. And in D.C., it's national scoreless against the Cubs top of the third. Joe Ross, the starter for Washington, which has won five in a row. Ross returning from Tommy John surgery, pitched one inning last week before that game was rained out. Back to you. For a second there, I thought you said it was national scoreless against the uh, scoreless against the Cubs that day. I was like, wow, that's really a day? <laughs> Stand we, by. We got, we, got, we got days for it. Now, what is, what is, it's national something. Let's find out. National what day? National yeah, pretty dog, much no, every not, day. Is it national peanut day? National video games day? Um, Radio and, talk show host day? Yeah, I, I think, I think today is national peanut day. National Peanut Day. I like good Where peanut. we honor Charles Tillman in all 50 states. There we go. Charles Tillman. <laughs> peanut Tillman. Is John Gruden, I asked the question again, is John Gruden a quarterback guru? Colin Coward has an opinion. I'll share mine next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff still to come. Isaiah Crowell from the 1-0 New York Jets will join us. A lot of people say, oh, you're overrating what Sam Darnold did. We'll ask Isaiah Crowell, who also had a career game himself. He's had a, um, a winding path to success in the NFL as I believe he was the top-rated running back in high school coming out. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of something we heard earlier on Fox Sports Radio or saw earlier on Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. (laughs) Colin Cowherd had this to say in regards to John Gruden's image as a quarterback guru. I keep hearing that John Gruden's a quarterback guru. He had nine quarterbacks in Tampa. None developed into stars. He had four quarterbacks in Oakland. Rich Gannon won an MVP the year after Gruden left. You know what I think happened? He was the first TV analyst to really talk only quarterbacks. He created that quarterback camp over at the other place. Now, I talk quarterbacks now. Dilford talks quarterbacks now. 10, 12 years ago, John Gruden was the first analyst that branded himself, I'm a quarterback guru. And we all know how business works. First in matters. There's a lot of delivery companies out there, but UPS was the first one. And here's the irony of it. There is a quarterback guru in the National Football League, and there's nobody close to him. Oh, my bad. There is one guy close to him. Geographically, Kyle Shanahan lives across the bridge from the quarterback guru. Kyle Shanahan turned Matt Schaub into a pro bowler, bust RG3 into rookie of the year. He turned Matt Ryan into an MVP. And Jimmy Garoppolo last year was 5-0 and with him. Yeah, but before we go crazy on, on, uh, on Kyle Shanahan, remember, he couldn't fix RG3. Right, like RG three went from he he had a dynamic rookie year, but he didn't make him into a consistently great quarterback. Schaub was surrounded by incredible talent when he was with the Texans, but he didn't develop into a. I mean, that wasn't that Collins' big point. He didn't develop him. Like at some point, the player has to become better than the system. And you can say that that Gruden wasn't there for Rich Gannon's MVP run, but that was all because of his work with John Gruden. And you can point out the nine quarterbacks they went through in Tampa, but that was after Rob Johnson came back down to earth after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, not Rob Johnson, was it um, Brad Johnson? Rob Johnson, another former quarterback in the NFL, SC guy, Buffalo Bills. But after Brad Johnson came back down to earth, their search for another one led to guys like Chris Sims, who they drafted and then were injured. Like, it's really easy to run through the numbers. But the truth is that Gruden comes from the Andy Reid school. Andy Reid's also a quarterback guru, by the way, and a really, really good one. Do you know when Andy Reid fixed Donovan McNabb, do you know who his offensive coordinator was? John Gruden. (laughs) So, um... And Reed's had, you know, Kevin Cobb had his best success in the NFL with Andy Reed. Alex Smith had great success. Pat Mahomes will have great success. But at some point, the player's ability does, in fact, matter. I would say this. I thought Derek Carr looked great when they were on script. And when they got off script, suddenly the old flaws from the previous couple years came to a head. He was nervous in the pocket. He didn't hold it and show great fortitude and throw downfield. That's not coaching. That's the player. And we'll see how John Gruden challenging his quarterback, as he has done saying, Amari Cooper needs the ball more, 
plays out in Oakland. I think he's a really good football mind. Overall, very good football mind. And he has a well-established reputation as a guy who knows good quarterbacks. Can he develop Derek Carr into one? I don't know. But some of that is just as much as on Carr is on Gruden. What does the fuck say? It's like, here's how much John Gruden's stamp was left on the Oakland Raiders. You guys remember the story of when they played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl? They had no chance because they hadn't changed any of the plays or any of the calls, hand signals, or audibles since John Gruden was the coach. In other words, John Gruden knew that his system, however good it was, they knew the system so they could beat it. But it did get him to a Super Bowl and nearly got to one when Gruden was there and, of course, the tuck rule. Matt Nagy is a, a very good quarterback guy, offensive uh, play caller. Look at Trubisky and how he looked the first 15 plays. But then when left to his own devices, Trubisky's limitations became apparent. And the same is true with all of these guys. The truth is that Aaron Rodgers looks better when they go off script. Phillip Rivers looks better when they go off script. The really good quarterbacks get better as the game goes on, whereas the inexperienced or frankly, um, not as good quarterbacks look better early and then get exposed late. And I think that's the case with a Derek Carr. All right, coming up next hour, we'll get into uh, one, maybe the most underrated or understated part of a quarterback's success in the NFL. Plus, Isaiah Crowell will join us. Isaiah played with Sam Darnold. We'll get his thoughts on Darnold in the huddle and what led to Isaiah Crowell having such a big game. And, uh, Mark Wahlberg says he wakes up at 2.30 a.m. I'm not buying it. I'll tell you why Mark Wahlberg is full of next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What we're not buying, at least I'm not buying about uh, Mark Wahlberg, that upcoming in the show. People say nice things before games about the other team, right? Lou Holtz used to do this all the time. People like my Lou Holtz impression, so I keep going back to the hood. I'll never forget, I was, uh, this is, holy cow, 28 years ago. It's like 28 years ago this weekend. I was a high school kid from Orange County visiting Notre Dame. And they were playing Michigan in football. And the night before, you like roll into town. This is the true story of Doug Gottlieb's visit to Notre Dame. So I take off from Orange County Airport, fly to Chicago. You land in Chicago, and then you go to a private terminal. We took the, the plane with um, the Golden Dome on the... Not the wing. What's the back of the plane called? What's the back of the plane called? The tail. The tail had the logo of the Golden Dome and ND across it. Pretty de- pretty dope, right? You go in, and there was... Um, I'm trying to think what the kid's name. I know this is not, uh, not TJ Pugh. Uh, he was drafted by the New York Knicks in 1999. And he was on my visit. It was J.R. Koch. J.R. Koch was coming in from Iowa. He ended up going to Iowa. And he met me at O'Hare Airport in the private terminal. 
and we flew together. And when we got there, um, we get on this plane and we fly to South Bend. So you just basically fly over Lake Michigan. And all of a sudden the plane's like, all right, we're coming up on the campus. We're going to bank so you guys can get a good look at it. Get to the left side of the plane. The left side of the plane, they bank. And all of a sudden you can see like there's the Golden Dome. There's Notre Dame Stadium. There's the two. It looked like a bra, which is where the Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center. It's There's two like little mini domed arenas. One's hockey, one's basketball. And they're very close to the stadium, right? You get to see the whole thing. The two quads, the God quad in the middle. And then you land at South Bend Airport and the coaching staff meets you. Takes you on campus. And Monk Malloy, Father Malloy, was the president at the time. He had played basketball at Notre Dame. He was a high school teammate of John Thompson. Of course, was then the coach at Georgetown. You go up into Monk Malloy's offense. John McLeod, the head coach, meets you, introduces you. You start talking basketball, life, religion, everything with the president of the university. It's pretty cool. And then we go over to the area used to train called Loftus. Loftus was the uh, indoor football facility and track. Also had the weight room. I'll never forget this. 1994, September. There was like a long line of us. J.R. Koch, myself, and Tony Weish, who's now an assistant coach at Lehigh. His parents, I think, made the trip with him. Not sure if J.R. Koch is. I don't think his parents are with him. A couple other dignitaries, whatever. And we're all walking into Loftus. And I'm I'm a Southern California kid. I'd never been on campus at Notre Dame. I'd never been in that area of the country. I've been to Southern Indiana but never to Northern Indiana. And I'm just kind of in awe. And so, you know, sometimes you're last in line and in kindergarten, you have like a rope and everybody holds onto the rope. So nobody gets lost. I needed one of those ropes. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, wait up. Everybody walks into Loftus and there's crowds of people waiting around for football players, autographs. And as the seas part and we walk through, I'm the last one. And there's a security guard there. And the door closes, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm with those guys. I'm on a visit for basketball. Now, if you look at me now, of course, now I look like a basketball player, right? No, I mean, imagine me at 155 pounds as eight, an 18-year-old high school senior, and you'll understand why I said I'm with basketball. The guy said, sure you are. And I'm waiting out there for like five minutes. Super embarrassing for me. Like, here I am, a basketball recruit that nobody believes I'm a basketball recruit. Finally, one of the coaches grabs me and brings me inside. Anyway, we go and uh, go to our hotel, come back to the basketball arena. And we're getting ready to watch the pep rally. And we're in the coaching office and in comes Lou Holtz. And he knows everything about every one of us. J.R. Koch, I'm a terrific player. You're more of a small forward. You know, I know your high school coach a little bit. I've recruited a kid back when I was in Arkansas in football. And he comes to Doug Godley. We play for Andy Ground at Tustin High School. Got some great players out there. Great players. You know, he could really use the point guard here. We got to have more white. And you'd be the one point guard. I know he got a chance to start playing the Big East Conference. And, hey, listen, great to have you out here. Listen, and he used to always say this when he was asked about the opposition. Well, look, I, I just hope when we break the – we break the huddle that the quarterback gets underneath hands underneath the center, not the guard. That would be embarrassing. That's my biggest goal for tomorrow. We're playing a great team, a great program. We'd just be lucky to survive Michigan. 
Right? Every coach does that, especially in football. Nobody comes out and goes, this guy stinks. I think Bill Belichick even said, hey, Blake Bortles is a better quarterback right now than Deshaun Watson is. I think what he meant to say is more experienced quarterback. So you have to take with a grain of salt. Got to take with a grain of salt that Drew Brees is saying nice things about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield plays for the Browns. The Browns this week come to New Orleans and take on the Saints. But there's something else that he said that I think is really, really interesting. Take a listen to what Drew says in giving uh, props to Baker before he's ever taken a real NFL snap. I think he can be a lot better than me. Man, he's got all the tools. He's more athletic. He probably can run around better. He's got a stronger arm. I'll give Baker Mayfield advice if he asks for it. Yeah, I'll give Baker Mayfield advice. He can run around. He's more athletic than me. he got a stronger arm than me. Now, some of this is the aw, gee, shucks. I don't have a very good arm. I'm not really athletic. I've had a pretty good career. Like, you've had an unbelievable career. But it's also an admittance to something that people know in the National Football League. Drew Brees doesn't have an especially strong arm. Matter of fact, he really doesn't have a strong arm. Really, really, really doesn't have a strong arm. And it's hidden by playing in a dome. Right? Case Keenum. Think about when Case Keenum, the limited times and he's been successful in the NFL, it's been in Houston in a dome and in Minnesota in a dome. Now he's playing in Denver that artificially gives you some more yardage as well because you're playing in the thin air. But Drew Brees admitting, hey, I don't have a very strong arm. I'm not a very good athlete, and yet I've thrown for 5,000 yards several times over, tells you the truth about not just Drew Brees, but anybody, any of these quarterbacks. Talk to any of them, and they'll say, hey, the biggest issue when you're playing quarterback is when you're playing in the wind. Like, the rain is one thing. It's hard to grip the ball when you have small hands, but the wind is an, another problem altogether. And when Drew Brees plays at least nine games a year in a dome, eight at home and in Atlanta, look at the numbers and difference. He's a different quarterback playing in a dome. Drew Brees in a dome, a two and a half to one turn, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Outside of a dome, 1.87 to 1 ratio. In a dome, averages 311 yards passing. Outside of a dome, outside uh, in the outside, in the open air, 250 yards passing. That's 60 yards difference. He completes 5% less of his passes outdoors. His QBR is 12 percentage points exactly less. And the record at home is 72 and 48, as opposed to 65 and 56 outside of a dome. I'm not telling you that Drew Brees stinks. I'm not saying that. I like Drew Brees. The comeback from that terrible shoulder injury that was suffered in San Diego, that's the stuff of legend. But we should also point out that his ability to succeed has not only been based upon playing with Sean Payton as his head coach, a great masterful play caller, but playing in a dome, which also tells you why there's a lot of questions, not about whether or not Baker Mayfield can make it, because I think Baker Mayfield is going to be pretty good. I think he's accurate. I do think he's a little bit more. I think he's all of those things that Drew Brees talked about. Got a little bit stronger arm, a little bit more athletic. But, man, you better have a really strong arm to play outside in Cleveland, to play outside in Cincinnati, to play outside um, in Baltimore. That's 11 games a year that you're guaranteed of playing outside and what you can guess 
eight of them in bad weather. Pittsburgh is, you throw Pittsburgh in as well, eight of them in bad weather, at least. I'm not even talking about whether or not they play, you know, other road games like New England, like Buffalo, like the Jets or the Giants. They play outdoors in Green Bay eventually. I'm not even talking about that. You're guaranteed in Cleveland of playing 11 games outdoors per year. Guaranteed. And you're likely guaranteed of playing at least five in suboptimal to bad weather. Let's just say eight to be kind. Eight to be playing in average to below average weather at best. And that's why you need a big, strong arm and a big, strong guy. And that's why they're going against what would be conventional wisdom to draft him number one overall. All right, Isaiah Crowell upcoming in about 20 minutes. But coming up next, Mark Wahlberg. Full of it. Not buying it. I'll tell you why next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We saw this online and we had a good, we had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun with it. That's because uh, Mark Wahlberg apparently put out his daily schedule. And uh, his daily schedule, let's see here. Part of it, waking up at 2.30 in the morning. Voluntarily waking up at 2.30 in the morning. Scenes, scenes obscene. But part of it is like, okay, well, how long does he sleep? Is he one of these guys that, you know, he goes to bed at 11 and I go to, I wake up at 2.30 and then I take a good nap in the afternoon. No, no, no. There's no nap scheduled here. So 2.30 a.m. wake up, 2.45 prayer time. Stop laughing. He, he wrote it down. 3.15 breakfast, 3.40 to 5.15 workout. I would assume that's the home gym. 5.30 a.m. post-workout meal, 6 o'clock shower, golf at 7.30. There's an hour and a half there between shower and golf. How long's your shower, bro? 7.30 golf, 8 a.m. snack, 9.30 a.m. cryo chamber recovery. Wait, you started playing golf at 7.30 and you're already in the cryo chamber? 10.30 a.m. snack, 11 a.m. family time, meetings, workout, 1 p.m. lunch, 2 p.m. meetings, work calls, 3 p.m. pick up kids at school, oh, you're dead. 3.30 snack, workout number two, 4 to 5 or 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock shower, 5.30 dinner, family time, 7.30 night night, bye-bye. Ramos, give me your daily schedule. Uh, wake up about uh, seven. Uh, are you talking about eat lunch or get home? What do you want me to eat lunch like eleven thirty? Ramos, why did you skip so many steps? Wake up at seven. Then what do you do? Oh, <laughs> a shower. Wake up at seven. Go to bed <laughs> ten o'clock. Doug. What, what, Good what? day. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's try this another way. Okay. My music. What's your schedule? Let's let Ramos think about okay. it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Wake up about 6, yes. 6.15, usually drive in down here to work, go to the gym across the street, get there by about 7.15, 7.30. You do 24 hours? Do? I do 24 hours, yeah. yeah. Get a workout, hit the shower. You get... don't eat? You don't eat before you work out? Do not, no. Okay. Um, When's work... your prayer time? Uh, workout, hey, several times throughout the day, Doug. Yep. Um, so usually get back over here at work at about 9-ish, get a protein shake, then just start doing prep work. Usually have my first real breakfast meal around like 10.30. Mm-hmm. Then we start the show at noon. I'll have another meal sometime between noon and three while we have the show going on. Yeah, you just had that bunch of grass foliage. <laughs> got a whole thing of spinach, and then he puts together his salad on the fly. It's pretty impressive. Um, and then after the show, have about 30 minutes to an hour of some wrap-up work that we do. And then I head back home and... Depending on the day, either watching football or, you know, I'm just hanging out, spending time with my fiance. Usually get to bed by about 9 30, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock bedtime, 6 o'clock wake up? Yes. Eight hours of sleep. Got to get that's, that eight hours. That's, that's good living. You're an eight hour guy? Eight hour guy. That's my wife. My wife is, she doesn't get eight hours. She gets did, eight hours, nicest person on earth, less than eight yeah. hours, not so much. I did years of the overnight radio shifts where yeah. you are certainly getting much less than eight hours. Now that I can afford How to. How many get, years? Uh, like, Two and a half, three years okay. of, all right, yeah. When you said years, I was like, mm, was it really years or was it more months? And you said it was years. <laughs> um, so now that I can get eight hours, yeah. I take advantage of being. I able would to get if eight I didn't hours. have kids. I would, I would get take advantage. I although my body, I don't sleep that long. I don't sleep that long. Um, mine, I have a lot more driving in my life than most people. But like, look, I'm. And and I the prep time for food, I, he probably has a chef. I I don't buy I don't buy a bunch of this stuff. I just the need you don't need to get up at two three in the morning to work out twice. You don't. You can get a lot of things done in a short period of time, especially if you have somebody else driving you around. Uh, I'm about a five thirty five forty five a.m. wake up guy. Take the dog to the park. Dog runs around, poops in the bushes. Greatest dog ever. Thank you very much. Comes back, Starbucks for her, coffee bean for me, back at the house at 6.30, make breakfast for the kids, including the biggest and most important kid being this guy right here. I, at some point, I take somebody to school unless I have to run in to do cowherd, at which time I will get up at 5.30 and just go and be traffic and work out at like 8 to 9 and then be on cowherd at 9.30 and then ca- come over here. Uh, but like, for example, I, I like to drop my son off at 815 and then go catch yoga, which starts at 815. But I'll walk in there at 820, jet in They're They're already out of child's pose and I'm in for hot yoga for the next 55 minutes. Take a shower, grab a juice, head into work. Uh, listen to listen to sports radio, which is like prepping on the whole <laughs> way in. Stop at Whole Foods, read a bunch of stuff, have another juice, prep for the show, do the show. Then drive home, get home about four thirty, and then I'm doing something like yesterday. My son had a scrimmage, watched his baseball scrimmage for a couple hours, took him and went with another buddy, another teammate to uh, Blaze Pizza. Came home, watched a little, watched, caught up on some sports, read a little bit, tucked all the kids in, and then sometimes I'll do. I have like a little. I got that uh, a, a previous sponsor who I, I don't think I need to give them love, do I? I got a little workout thing in the gym, or sometimes I'll go play ball late or go hot, hop in the hot tub and go to sleep. I don't have a cryo chamber, so I just do the hot tub late. 
I got a couple of things here, Doug. Yes. Uh, number one, you have to get your wife Starbucks and then you go to a separate location to then get your coffee. Yes. This can't be a one-stop shop. It's not a one-stop shop. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Blaze Pizza. Got to be up there, one of the better pizza places right now. Blaze the, the whole phenomenal. the the innovation that you no longer have to just go to a pizza place and it's like, all right, pepperoni and maybe something else. That now you can everyone can get their own, so yes. you don't have to do this whole like, all right, well I want the pepperoni and the jalapeno, but you don't do the spicy, so we got to get the half with the oh, onions. What do you want? I got I want half 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 with pepperoni, half cheese. Right, you don't have to do that. Right, they have a new thing at Blaze. They've evolved even more. You know, now they have little salads. Now you can do half a pizza and a salad. I did not know that. I mean, it was amazing last night. It was amazing last night. So, yeah, it was. It's Blaze is great. I know there's others. There's Pie Knot. There's others that are like yeah, that. Yeah, there, there's, there's several it's different It's basically kinds. like the yeah. Chipotle-ization right. um, of, of, of pizzas. I forget what. There's a term for that style of dining, which is it's just above fast food. It's more expensive than fast food. Kava also has become a national chain. Kava is the cheese that I've turned you guys on. Yes, to? and I've had one where you can get the bowls, right? Yes, they, oh, they have yeah. Kava bowls. Those are great. They're amazing. They're amazing. But yes, uh, Blaze Pizza last night with with the little dude. All right, but I do want to bring this back to Mark Wahlberg. Wait, the pizza thing, oh, the coffee thing. So I used to, I was hardcore Starbucks forever, and I can still do Starbucks. I still have the app and whatever, and they still know me by name. They think it's they think it's comical what I do at Starbucks every day too. Here's your wife's, and she doesn't even get coffee. She gets chai. Here's your wife's chai. We think it's weird that you're not buying. You're buying coffee, just not here. But I'm a coffee bean and tea leaf guy. It's a smoother blend of coffee. I get their nitro or their cappuccino. What I do anyway. Mark Wahlberg, go ahead. Mark Wahlberg. Here's my thing. So the two thirty wake up and the seven o'clock bedtime, seven thirty bedtime. If everything got shifted two hours down, it would be so much more believable. Like if if this had said basically all of the same things, but he woke up at four thirty and went to bed at nine thirty, would you believe it? Uh, a little bit more, yeah, yeah. It makes it so much more believable. This yes. is so over the top. Yes, I also think the I also think the whole like I get up and I pray for thirty minutes every morning. If you want to say you pray every morning, you say a prayer. Sure, you need thirty minutes in prayer. Now, I don't know how you are. I'm good at getting up. I can get up at four or five in the morning and go and go about and do have a day. There is a, by the way, there's a massive difference between four and five. Just, I just want p- people to know I've gotten up 100%, at both. Yeah. I've gotten up at four. I've gotten up at five. Five is so much better than four. Four is you're, you're basically pitch your mid it's midnight. Your body does not react well. Five. You're okay. Like I know Kobe Bryant, he works out every day at four o'clock in the morning. But I think he gets up at like 3.45 and then drives down the street. And I know where he works out at, at four, in the mor- 4 to 5 in the morning. Um, but, the, yeah, the 2.30 a.m. wake up, no, that's too early. No reason for it. No reason for it. That's, that's showing off. You know? That, there's no possible. Seven, and 7.30, if you want to tell me, like, hey, I go to bed early, 9 o'clock's fine. 7.30 is stupid. And there's I, I don't buy it because he is a guy who likes sports. So first, what you're saying is, I never watch sports. 
Because anything, he lives in California, anything good starts at four, but there's no time in there when she's watching sports. But more than anything, you can't watch your kids play sports. Can't function as a human being. I don't buy this. And again, this is not a one-off. He's like, look, this is my schedule. I don't buy that to be true. Ramos, now do you want to take a shot at your schedule? Okay. Wake up at 7, uh, have breakfast about, breakfast about 7.30, I leave to work at 8, get here about 9, I have lunch about 11, I work till 11, have lunch, I'm on the board from noon to 5, leave here, get home about 6, I have practices from 6 to 7.30, family from 8 to 9, with my wife from 9 to 11, and then in bed by 11. Mm. There you go. Thank oh, you. That wasn't that hard. No. <laughs> I just didn't want to exp- – I didn't know how much you wanted. I didn't know if you wanted me to give you Well, every- I didn't want you to skip over everything. That was okay. the whole point of the exercise. <laughs> let's get to Steve DeSager. See what he got. Well, let's start with the daytime baseball. We have three day games. The first place team in the NLS, the Rockies, still leading at home now 5-3 over the Diamondbacks. Bottom of the seventh inning. Two home runs for Colorado. Trevor Story, his 33rd. Nolan Arenado, his 34th. It went an estimated 464 feet, his 100th RBI of the year. For the moment, Colorado first place in the NLS. Game and a half up on the Dodgers, three and a half over Arizona. The Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw are at St. Louis tonight. Kershaw has a great history of pitching in the final month of regular seasons. In fact, his career ERA in the last month, 2.05, the lowest in the live ball era for the final month of the season, going back about 100 years. Cardinals do lead the Dodgers by two games for the final NL wild card, and they're starting a four-game set in St. Louis tonight. Dodger Seems pitcher, important. It's, it's like somewhat important, important and they'll, they'll be head-to-head with Colorado next week and Arizona the final week as well. So as bad as the Dodgers' offense and bullpen have been this year it's right there for them pitcher ross stripling will start sunday for la alex wood is moved to the bullpen the mets are starting a double header against the marlins first games in the top of the ninth marlins up three two mets third baseman david wright will start one last game for his team september 29th he's missed two and a half years due to various injuries which will not be improving washington's won five straight but the cubs are leading 2-1 in dc in the top of the fifth inning nfl game at cincinnati tonight Bengals hosting the Ravens. Temperatures in the 70s and very humid this evening. 8.20 p.m. kickoff. The Chargers say defensive end Joey Bosa with his foot injury will probably miss a couple more weeks. Falcons running back Devontae Freeman missed practice again with a sore knee. In the NHL, San Jose acquired defenseman Eric Carlson from Ottawa. Dallas gave center Tyler Sagan an eight-year extension back to you. There's a lot of hockey there that I know nothing about. They're actually starting exhibitions this weekend. Really? There's one in China as well with the Boston Bruins. Didn't, I had, didn't I had, get their luggage, went sightseeing instead. I had no idea. I appreciate it. Steve DeSager joining us. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. They're honestly the team that everyone seems to be talking about uh, because it feels like they've found their quarterback, but you could also say they found their running back too. Isaiah Crowell joins us from the New York Jets, the 1-0 New York Jets. Isaiah, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? Good. What's it feel like to be 1-0? Uh, it feels good. It feels good. Uh, you know, just to be able to go out there and, you know, play a game we love and, you know, just compete and get a win with my brothers. It's it's look, this has been a long journey for you, not just a long journey for for the Jets, um, but to but to have survived those years in Cleveland and now get a kind of fresh start with the Jets. Um give give me your sense for going into the game. What were your expectations of how you guys would perform? Uh, I felt like we would perform good. Uh, I know we got a lot of playmakers. 
We got a great quarterback. We got a great offense, a great defense. So I felt like we would perform good. It was just about, you know, just being, you know, being on top of our game, uh, bringing our A game. And I, just like I feel like we got to do every week. Okay, the first first pass that Sam attempts, uh, he, <laughs> I mean, he rolls out to his right. And I mean, and I know that was the called play, but like, hey, dude, you got to look. He throws it across his body and it goes for six. What was going through your mind when you see Detroit dancing in the end zone after giving up six points? Uh, I really, um, I mean, I didn't feel any type of way. I mean, I know he's a rookie and, you know, he's going to make mistakes. But it's really how you bounce back. And I feel like he bounced back. Uh, he bounced back very well. And I'm proud of him for that. You've, But you've seen some of this before during your time in Cleveland, haven't you? have seen other quarterbacks come and go and, and guys who were rookies get an opportunity, haven't you? Right, I have. I okay, have. Okay, so uh, did do you did you know before? Do you like give me your sense for Sam? How he's different from the others you've played with? Uh, I feel like Sam. He's uh, basically he's very smart. Uh, I know he 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 he's very capable of making all the throws. I mean, I just watched him. He just. I mean, I feel like he's a real deal. I feel like he can get it done. I, I feel like you know, even when we are in the huddle. It's not like we're in the huddle with a rookie. It's like we're in the huddle with a with a veteran. So, I mean, he's very comfortable, and I mean, I respect I respect it. Just like it was with Manziel, right? Very similar, him and Manziel. <laughs> I mean, Manziel. I mean, that's my boy. Uh, that's my boy. But I mean, I don't. I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I I didn't really because you know even when when I was in Cleveland and uh, Johnny was uh, basically the quarterback. He, he didn't play as much as I, you know, felt like he should have. Uh, so I mean, I really didn't wasn't able to really get a feel for him. But I mean, and also I was a rookie also at the time. So I mean, I really didn't really, you know, I couldn't really just observe and see how he was doing because I was trying to do. Me and him was basically in the same boat, trying to get it together at the same time. So now I feel like, you know, I'm I'm five years in with Sam, and I can just look at him and see how you know, how, how talented and how smart he is. Did he say anything when you guys come back to the huddle, you get the ball back after, after kickoff, did he say anything like my bad or, or, or anything? Uh, I mean, I mean, not really. I mean, everybody's just uplifting, uplifting him, you know, just, you know, you know, we know how it is being in the league and, you know, people make mistakes all the time and, you know, you can't let that, you know, you can't let that, you know, you know, just get, take control of your game. You know, you got to just control it yourself. So, I mean, we basically just, you know, uplift him and, and let him know it's going to be all right. We had it back. Isaiah Crowell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. For people who don't know, when you came out of high school, you're number one rated back in the country for going to Georgia. And what I remember, in addition to going to Georgia, was when you announced, didn't you have a little bulldog? Uh, yes, I had, a, I had a puppy. Do you still have that dog? I don't. I don't. Actually, my teammate in high school, his father, uh, his father used to breed uh English bulldog so basically I just borrowed that dog for that day actually it's a really cute dog by the way it was really yeah, I mean, it was like you, all you. it was an all white all white bulldog but like look you've you've gone through the ups and downs yourself and I don't think I think one of the things that happens is we're so caught up on the Darnold story we don't realize like your own personal journey to go from Georgia you had to go to Alabama State and then make it to the league to now having a shot w- with the Jets and having a 
What's that like for you now, five years in the league, but finally feeling like, okay, I belong and I can stick here for a long time. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, I feel like it was a, it was a rough journey, you know, just getting here and, you know, uh, just not being drafted and, you know, just a lot of stuff that I feel like I should have been, you know, like, like drafted is one of them. I feel like I should have been, you know, but I mean, everything happened for a reason. And, uh, you know, I just got to take advantage of the opportunity that I was given. And uh, basically that's what I did. And, I mean, I already knew, like, my first my first year in the league, I already knew I belonged. And it was just about getting the opportunity to show everybody, prove it to everybody else that I belong. Yep, on only 10 carries, 102 yards rushing, 10.2 yards to carry, plus two touchdowns. Fantasy owners happy about that. Isaiah Crowell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Josh McCown, you, you played with him some in Cleveland. He's that old right. head. He's that old vet. We've seen the video right. of of when Sam walks out of the locker room, first his mom and his dad hug him, then they hug Josh, right? Like he's somewhere in between a player, a coach, and a mentor. What, right. What's he like? What, what's his presence like? Uh, I feel like Josh is just, he's a real smart, real smart dude, and I feel like he knows a lot about the game, and Basically, yeah, I was in Cleveland with Josh, and, you know, he helped me a lot, you know, taught me a lot about, you know, just, like, protections and, you know, how to do certain things. Uh, so I feel like, you know, he's, like, like a mentor, like a big brother, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, just try to teach you how to be a pro and how to be a professional, and you can watch him. He also leads by example. I've, I've told people that I, I knew, I felt like I knew Darnold could play. What I, I think got exposed or whatever to the world is how good Coach Bowles is. I mean, look, that, that defense was flying around back there. Right, I can't right. believe they won five games with the talent they had. You've experienced a bunch of different coaches during your tenure in the National Football League. What makes Todd Bowles different from other guys you played for? Uh, I feel like Todd, I feel like he, you know, he's a real cool coach. I feel like, you know, he, he's going to tell you when you're on uh, – but he gonna uplift you, you know, when you do something well. Uh, and I let, I mean, I feel like he lets you be yourself. That's that's a big thing. I feel like you know everybody has to let their personality show, and I feel like that's a lot of reason why you know, you know, teams get how far they get, and why teams don't get how far they get. Because I feel like you know you gotta let, you gotta be yourself. You gotta let your personality show. You you know. When you score a touchdown, you gotta let your, you gotta celebrate with your teammates. When you do certain things, you know you gotta just be just be yourself. And you know I feel like that's gonna help everybody be free and help everybody be comfortable with each other. And then I feel like everybody can play to the best of their ability. Did the defense know the signals? Didn't know the hand signals and the audibles of the Lions? Uh, I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is they play uh, extremely well game. Uh, and I like, I mean, if we, if our defense can play like this uh, for the rest of the season, you know, uh, I feel like we can go a long way. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And if you can put up 100 yards and only 10 touches, I think you guys will go a long ways as well. <laughs> hey, man, enjoy, in, enjoy the win. Uh, they don't all, they don't, they don't come every week. We wish you the best right, of luck, and right. we appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, thank you, Isaiah Crowell, New York Jets, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dak Prescott is ready to dominate. The Giants. I'll tell you why next. Coming up Friday in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coming today in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Raven will react to Thursday night football. Ravens and Bengals. And get you ready for a wild week of college football. Showdowns in the SEC. 
in the Big 12 and the Big 10, Ohio State, TCU, and Auburn taking on LSU. Plus, the NFL picks and predictions you need on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Woo-hoo-hoo! Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to run down the stories of the day. Get you ready for the game of the night. I got my pick coming up on Thursday Night Football. It's a good one. We'll get to that after we get to the press. The press. Steve DeSager, we'll hear from him in a moment. First, borrowing up to $40,000 to pay off your high-interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash playbook. All loans by web all loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Steve, what do you got? Well, we mentioned yesterday that Landon Collins of the Giants mentioned a defensive strategy for the matchup with the Cowboys this weekend. Stop Ezekiel Elliott. And if we do that, quote, put the ball in Dak's hands, I yeah. think we'll have a better shot at winning. Yeah. Well, he was told of Collins' statement today, and the Cowboys quarterback's simple response was, challenge accepted. Mm. Mm, challenge mm. accepted. I do mm. think they'll put up some points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I actually should have gone the opposite of uh, of R.J. Bell, who joined us earlier. I think both teams can score. I think both teams have some defensive weaknesses. And I do think the Giants, the the Cowboys, open the playbook some. Mm-hmm. Dallas hosts the Sunday night game. Of course, there will be good ratings for that. NFL making sure this week to mention the top five TV shows of the past week. They were all NFL games. No, people, the league is not dead. It's been down in some areas if you compare it to itself. But as we've said a thousand times, the NFL still kills compared to not only other sports, but TV in general. Something like America's Cat Talent has been winning the ratings with 10 million viewers. The Sunday night football game at Green Bay had 22 million viewers. And number one TV show last week, Fox's Dallas at Carolina opener, 23 million. That's That's an amazing number. I mean, the Cowboys thing is amazing. It's also so weird to see the Cowboys in their blue jerseys. Is it? Yeah. They only wear them like two or three times a year. Yeah, well, it's not as rare as like when Denny White was quarterback, but yes, you're correct. And Bruce Feldman of Fox with some great items with people examining week one NFL rosters. What state has produced the most current NFL players? This state has currently 211 NFL players, like from their hometowns or high schools. What state? Texas. Uh, actually, you're not far off because if you want to recruit, you go to Florida, California, or Texas. Correct. And those are those are the wow, top three that. in That's producing cool. NFL which is, players. Which is this is one of the things. Notre Dame. Who do they play every year? Right, play SC every year. Yeah. Hey, they they yeah. have played Texas. They don't play Texas now, but they have played Texas. Huh? And they play with, with the ACC thing. They play in Florida or against a team from Florida every year. They totally get it. It's one of the things that's hurt uh, hurt Nebraska since leaving the Big Twelve. And they they hope it's going to help them the the influence of Florida, uh, Scott Frost having coached there, Florida, Texas, and then you throw in some other states like a Louisiana, uh, like an Ohio and a Pennsylvania, Georgia, Alabama, now with Georgia and Alabama as well, and you're in good shape. Uh, And by the way, I remember a previous Oregon football coach, University of Oregon. Back-to-back seasons, they played at UCLA. People asked him, didn't you mind playing Conference Rogue? He said, no, we, we recruit California. Well, yeah. the big fight when they expanded the the, the Pac-12 was that hap- yeah. it was so many teams wouldn't get to come to L.A. To, to play. That's right. You would be skipping a couple of teams. Okay. Uh, as far as one other uh, NFL note on this, 
number one among hometowns with current NFL players. Yep. Miami, Florida, right. 24 NFL players. Right. And Fort Lauderdale, Florida, was 16. Right. And San Diego, California has no NFL team, but is in the top six with 12 NFL okay. players it has produced. Okay. There is no Colgate football game either due to the hurricane this week. The game against Furman was canceled. Already the teams had set up hotel rooms for it, but instead of letting them sit empty, the team is not only donating them to any evacuees coming inland from the storm, also they had bought meals for their stay the week, and those have been donated to serve the people who are being relocated this weekend. I think that's good stuff from Colgate, their head uh, football coach. Uh, may, may put that out, I believe, on Twitter. His name's Dan Hunt. Um, anyway, uh, Dan Hunt, that's uh, good on you for Colgate. I'm not sure how many people are coming to a Colgate-Furman game or how many hotel rooms were, in fact, donated, but it's more than they were available before. One NBA note is camps are about ready to get going in the next couple of weeks is we had that gruesome opening night ankle injury nearly a year ago with the new Boston forward Gordon Hayward. He said today, that he's essentially at full health and has been playing five-on-five games with teammates in advance of camp later this month. (laughs) Nice one, Ramos. It's pretty good. You're welcome. (laughs) Gordon Hayward, anybody's like, he was asked today if he'd come off the bench. He's like, look, I just want to play for a championship. I don't care. Gordon Hayward's not coming off the bench. Gordon Hayward's going to be their best play or second-best player next year to Kyrie Irving. And that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Okay, so we got Ravens, a one-point favorite in Cincinnati. Are you guys familiar with the issues that Cincinnati has had in the prime in prime time? Yes, they're not good in prime time. Well aware, Doug. Yes. So with that, I mean, you just you don't do it. You don't do it. You don't bet on the you don't bet on the Bengals when they're in prime time. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to take the Ravens as one-point favorites. It's it's not just an Andy Dalton thing, but they are five and fourteen under Andy Dalton in primetime games. Five and fourteen. Uh and I think Flacco's Flacco's look good. I'm a big buyer into this Ravens team. They should have been the playoffs last year, if not for the Cincinnati Bengals that they lost to at home. A little bit of payback. So we'll take the Ravens tonight. Who you got music? You taking the Ravens as well? Uh I'm gonna just go with the Bengals just because I hope they win. I think the Bengals have a lot of talent. You know, Joe Mixon and A.J. Green, they have defensive talent as well. Really good up front defensively. There's no reason that they can't pressure Joe Flacco as well. Best decision they've made is just making Joe Mixon their feature back instead of splitting up all the touches and carries. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's interesting. Gio Bernard had such a, he had such a good rookie year. And, you know, he's part of a two-back threat. I still think Gio Bernard is a good third down back and they can use him kind of cleverly. But yes, Mixon, Mixon's problem last year was couldn't stay healthy. Otherwise, I think he would have had. He obviously would have had a better rookie rookie season. Ramos, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Bengals too. I like, oh, I, I like Mixon. Who I think day? Mixon. Who day? Remember, Bengals who day? Saints who dat? Bengals who day? Saints who dat? That I feel like uh, the um, remember Naked Gun, where the guy was imitating George Bush. Recession bad, recovery good. Recession bad, recovery good. Bengals who day, Saints who dead. Uh, check out the new All Ball podcast. It will drop tonight. I'll promote it forever because it's Scott Brooks of the Wizards. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... 
in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 